Space makers, if you're like me, you like to have an accessory that stands out. So for me, I like a big, bold earring. And that's why I love the work of my co-host. She has an incredible handmade jewelry line made from recycled and repurposed leather. We are all about repurposing, friends. Her work you can find on Instagram at thejshop.thej. J, just the letter, J. You can also find her work at etsy.com slash shop slash shop the J. And when you check out, use code MAKINGSPACEPOD for 15% off your purchase. I'm telling you, these are my favorite earrings and they're such a statement piece and people will be definitely making space for you in these. Hello, Josie. Hello, Sarah. How are you doing? Um... I've been better. <laughs> a great way to put it. We are recording later than we normally do because Josie has had a family emergency that has been awful. Um, and so we were trying to decide, like, how much do we want to talk about it? Yeah. How much I'm, do we want to make for it? Yeah. Um, I think the fans deserve to know. <laughs> or I don't care. Uh, my cousin was murdered tragically last okay. week. So I've been out of work, out of commission, um, spending every day with my family in an apparent tradition where Mexicans spend all day together after such a tragedy, which is great and fine. Um, Just not great for my mental health and productivity, but that's fine, you know? That's fine. It is... um... Not fine, but yes, you've been doing a great job of trying to just uh, keep it all together, but it has been such a tragedy. And I think it's important that we make space for honesty and truth in both of us. So it's like super early in the morning and I'm not a morning person. Um, I get up really early, but I'm not like functioning. Amen. Um, oh, like guys, it's not good. It's not good. So I woke up super early. Like I woke up at 3 a.m. and could not get back to sleep. My brain would not turn off. And so I just finally got out of bed at like 6. I was like, all right, fine. Um, but I look like a hot mess. And that's why I'm excited that we don't show this interview part. Like we only show the interview part. That makes me happy. Amen. Stephen, only look at the Stephen, who's our editor, which is funny because I love the uh, My Favorite Murder podcast. And they have a Stephen that they talk to all Stephen. the time. Steven! And I realized we have a Steven that we talked to. Steven, you are, be glad you can't see us right now. Be blessed. You're blessed. Hashtag <laughs> blessed. Hey, speaking of blessed, do you like that transition? Uh, we are so lucky that we got to talk to Trent. Uh, this conversation was so good. We were both just talking about how he is so mellow. Oh, yeah. Like mellow to the point where you think he doesn't really care about anybody or anything. And then you talk to him for five minutes and you're like, all right, you're, you're, you're fine. This guy is a deep, deep dude. He's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talked to him really about, he's a mural artist. He's like, I guess what I would say is he's an artist and an advocate for humans. So he did mm-hmm. the pictures for people and he'll talk more about some of the things he's done. Um, the Feel Project, which is incredible. And this mural festival, which again, his nonchalant, like, yeah, I just like threw together, together this like citywide mural project. Which is not true, right? Like he put in a lot of time and effort into it, but his nonchalantness is like, yeah, I just, I just did it. (laughs) Well, unlike for anyone else, it would be like the biggest stress thing, which by the way, this is how you are a lot. You'll do like huge things and be like, yeah, just put it together. Whereas I was like, 
having anxiety just even thinking about it. So he is phenomenal. He's going to talk a little bit about how to sort of make art that sometimes can be unattainable, not attainable, approachable. Approachable. More approachable for the common person. So it's just a really good conversation about making space. And I think whatever space you make, it'll be a good conversation here. So we are still and will continue to want to engage uh, those of you who listen. So we've got voicemails that we want to share with you and react a little bit to before we dive into this week's pacemaker, Trent Thompson. So are you ready to hear these? Amazing. Uh, thank you so much. All you have to do is go to www.anchor.fm dash slash, slash dang it, slash making spaces. <laughs> and there's a little section that says leave a voicemail. Just let us know your name and where your favorite space is. That's the question we're currently asking. So are you ready? And where these? you're from. Oh, and thanks. Where and where you're from. See, there's a reason why there's two of us. All right. This <laughs> first one, um, I think you're going to love Josie. She wrote it down because she didn't want to get it wrong. Oh, typical of me. Yeah. So here she is. My name is Carrie and I'm calling from Bethalto, Illinois. I'll give you my best shot to describe my favorite space. I wrote this out to try to make it as clear as possible because before listening to this podcast, I'd never really put this into words. My favorite space is a space within myself when I feel totally at peace. I identify often as a one and six on the Enneagram, specifically feeling like I need to make things perfect by the standards of our society and I often feel anxious about doing this. But throughout my life, I have moments that can last a short time, meaning just a few minutes, or a long time, meaning the length of a day, where I totally feel at peace. I feel no rush to do the next thing on my to-do list, etc. And I'm truly at peace with the present time. This is one of my favorite spaces. How amazing is that? As someone who's identifies as a one that she wrote it down, I love it, Carrie. That's such a typical one move. Right. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the cult called the Enneagram, which is just a way of <laughs> typing your personality. But I just love that that she can recognize those moments when she feels at peace. Yeah, I feel like that's something that's completely lacking in society right now. People being introspective and being one with themselves first. Yeah. So good job, Carrie. We good love job, it. Carrie. All right. We've got two more. Uh, they're a little bit shorter, but... This one is, her name is Amanda. All right, you ready? Ready. Hey, Sarah. This is Amanda. I am calling in to Making Spaces from Idaho. And my favorite space is probably my backyard. I spend a fair amount of time in the evenings out here. Uh, It's just very beautiful. There's beautiful pottery and some solar-powered water features and some nice rose bushes, and it just makes this really peaceful, quiet place to be. Oh, and some bird feeders. Um, So it's lively and peaceful and beautiful. So that's my favorite space. I wonder how many people, their favorite space is their backyard. I wish I had a huge backyard to have as a favorite space. Yeah. But that's SoCal living, you know? (laughs) Yeah, she's in Idaho. Lucky you. Well... I'll stick to California. Okay. Thank you so much for calling in, Amanda. Um, Thanks, Amanda. She's not really that mad that you didn't say your name. And our last one today is from Mike. And I think you're going to love this one. Mike. 
Hi, this is Mike from Illinois, and uh, one of my favorite spaces is just anywhere that's got good tacos. If you make a good taco, I am there. <laughs> if you make a good taco, I am there. <laughs> and what are you doing in Illinois, Mike? Come to us. Come yeah, to California. California. We're going to claim we have better tacos, and we're going to feel strongly about that. I'm not going to claim that. I'm just going to say that because I know <laughs> it to be true. <laughs> this I know to be true. <laughs> hey, we are so glad for these three folks, these three space makers calling in and letting us know where their favorite space is. And we want to hear from you. Where is your favorite space? Because I think sometimes we can learn a lot from other people as they share where they like to be. So thank you so much. Again, you can go to www. You miss one W every time. I, I miss one? www you just need to www.anchor.fm slash dot com wait no no i messed it up not slash is it a dash no it's slash i slash. said dot com but it's there's dot. no dot com <laughs> guys listen to us before and ignore us now now we can be like the steven kind link of in our bio link in our bio <laughs> there's a link in the bio and as always, we ask that you would subscribe, comment, leave a comment, check out Trent's work. We have all of his information at the bottom of this. Sorry if our energy is low. It's really early in the morning, but we wanted to make sure we had a good episode for you. So Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Hey, hey. You said it, you said it. Make space for my Canadianism. Canadianism. I know, how cute were their accents? Like, we're Illinois. How did they say it? They didn't say it like that. How'd they say it? I don't know, it? man. I don't know white people like that. Oh, geez. All right. All right. Enjoy this episode and we'll see you on the other side, I guess. Bye. Or hello. <laughs> How do we take this like bougie, uninclusive culture and just like bring it to people right in a way it's like digestible? So I actually have an art show coming up on the 30th and we're doing like a donuts and wine pairing, which I'm super excited about. But yeah, I think it's it just kind of all playing about on, I think I do some of this subconsciously without really thinking about it, but just trying to like find new ways to take these things that have been very often held for this sort of class of people and kind of just kind of make them accessible, I guess. Welcome to the podcast. Thank Welcome you. to the Making Spaces podcast. This is a podcast about making space for people, literally and figuratively, where we talk to artists, designers, we talk to builders, we talk to social creators, people who make space for other human beings. And I'm really excited because according to Josie, you do both as both an artist and activist. So Josie, give us a little background on your friend and then we'll hop into the question we ask everyone, which she didn't prep you for, did she? Mm-mm. That's no the part you should all. be nervous about. All right. Yeah. I love the spontaneity. Um, so Trent, I know Trent since college. We've been friends for a little while. And I actually work with Trent pretty frequently, um, doing the things that he just doesn't have time to do because he's such a busy human. <laughs> um, Trent is a artist, an artist. He does projects such as Pictures for People, which is all about calling attention and raising money for different organizations. And he just recently, I don't know if you finished it or if it's still going on, the wall mural project. Um, he does it all. And he's very caring about other people, which is funny because he's very talented and not 
not every talented person is caring about other people. <laughs> that was great. That was great, Josie. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. she's a really good hype woman. You can just keep, she, yeah, you can just keep going. That make a great podcast. You know, what? he has another. He has another project. It's the Feel <laughs> Book. I actually just worked on this. I don't know why I didn't think about it first, but it's a book for like therapist's office, um, and it has visual representations and poems by the Ariel Astoria who was recently on this podcast that's true um to help kids on the spectrum or otherwise kind of resonate with their feelings and identify their feelings easier yeah oh I love that all right so the question that we usually um have as a warm-up question are you ready is what is one of your favorite spaces and why and you can take this as literally or figuratively as you want to um Okay. Yeah, no preparation. Um, I know. We're kind of so, asses that way. <laughs> that's okay. I, I can pull something. Um, I think the first one that came to mind at the moment, because I did, the, the digging I did do was just like reading through the bio of what this podcast is. I was like, okay, what is like, what, do, what am I getting myself into? Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> re, like real spaces. Like I didn't, and it's, it sort of seems like a very broad, all-encompassing like theme that you can kind of take wherever and be like spaces. Um, someone said time. So time is I mean, we've had, someone said their bed. Someone said time go. Okay. Now I'm going to go really literal. Um, at the moment I've been working with, it's this brewery that actually hasn't opened up yet because they were supposed to open in like April and then 2020 happened. And so they had actually just been working on the interior of the space for like two years. And then we're planning to have this grand opening in April and just never opened um, because of, you know, 2020. So they're just kind of waiting. They're doing outdoor stuff, but no one's really been allowed inside the brewery, but inside there is just like a work of art. Um, They have like a, a food truck like built into the inside of the thing. And then there's like this upstairs, upper upper room type thing that... Um, what city is this in? It's in Livermore, California. It's like San Francisco area. Whoa. Because um, you guys are in LA, right? No, yes. but everyone like, thinks we're in LA. Josie, well, we're not in LA. You're yes. so full of crap. We're in Orange thing. County. No, okay, no. I'm not, in San not the same thing. I'm not in San Francisco, <laughs> but I would say San Francisco area to you but if someone from up here was like they'd be like dude you're not in san francisco (laughs) it's sort of it's the same thing um but yeah so we we turned the the upstairs into an art gallery um that i've been able to curate um with a a whole bunch of artists places just so you know trent i'm coming yeah I'm coming. I just got a 1973 airstream that i'm redoing so that i can come visit these spaces get ready Cool. I want to check out the airstream when you when you come. She looks rough right now, but she's get, okay. just getting a facelift. Well, yeah, get her, <laughs> once she gets the facelift, I'll, I'll check it out. Um, yeah, that's the first one that comes to mind. It's called Pennyweight. That's Pennyweight. the name of it. And so I've been doing a whole lot of work there, but people haven't been able to see it yet. Which probably yeah. So that's my first. That's the first thing that came to my mind. And you're curating an art artist gallery in the top. Yeah. So the we so. I, a lot of my projects I run under the, the brand of only up is what they call it. It's only up LLC. And that's sort of like my projects that are bigger than me so that people aren't working for Trent. Cause no one wants to work for Trent, right? They'd rather work for 
only up. Um, so yeah, we have the only up art gallery that's like in partnership with this brewery. Um, so it's all in this like big, beautiful space. Um, that it's funny that you called that an upper room because like that sounds like heaven to me. Like, right? yeah, that sounds perfect. Yep. I used to write my sermons uh, at a local brewery here at Chapman Crafted because my friend was the manager and I would just, before it opened, there was no one in there. And he actually has a um, master's in theology. So we would sit and talk the, like the nerd. brewer does? Yeah, uh, he's the manager of it. Yeah. Cool. Um, although he do, he's also a brewer. He's his own line. But, um, and so him and I would sit and talk about like nerdy theology. Well, there was like zero people around and just, it smelled like hops and, oh, I just loved it. I loved that's, it. And I would drink wonderful. like a beer from like 3 p.m., but like the same beer. It was so good and cold to like 3 to like 6 p.m. as I'm like sitting there looking <laughs> like a local. So you're, tell me, well, actually, I was going to ask you questions, but I guess you can do that. on your podcast. I don't know if I'm supposed to do that. You're, I just uh, wanted to get your background because like, if it was a normal no conversation, I wouldn't be talking about me quite as much. Um, so I was just going to be like, who are you? You know, <laughs> um, Most people wonder who the, who the hell are you? Um, so I'm a United Methodist pastor, um, okay. but I'm also a designer who helps design church spaces and whatnot. Um, and that's something I just stepped into. I studied art when I was younger um, and biology, you know, makes sense. Yeah, uh, and, totally. yeah right. And then theology. So I uh, realized a couple of years ago that every church space I've ever worked in, I flipped. Um, and so kind of realizing that space really, really matters to me. Aesthetics matter to me. Um, inclusion matters to me. How we're making space for people matters to me. So I realized I was making space in every thing that I was doing. And so I started a podcast, but it was like, I liked doing it a lot. And I got to talk to some of my best friends, but then I started working with Josie and our conversations in the office, I was like, someone should be recording this because you're ridiculous. And so uh, I just got a bunch of text messages yesterday from my friends who are catching up and they're like, your friend is ridiculous. You two are Josie great is ridiculous. That's honestly how we became friends because she, I'm definitely like, I'll argue with people. I don't mind an argument. And Josie yeah. like seeks out arguments. And I um, like put me on the other part of the spectrum. I'm like getting under it. I'm Canadian. So I just want to like get under okay. the table when people start. That's arguing. funny. Yeah. No, I'm an Enneagram eight. So conflict, as they say, is my love language. It's how I build intimacy. Mm. I'm a seven, eight. So like I step into it, oh, but, I'm not, but I, I don't like, I'm not going to actually, you know, sometimes I'll try and argue with you about something. I'm literally sweating. That makes me sweat. The idea of arguing makes me sweat. Just the thought of it. (laughs) Trent and I actually got into this huge argument once. It was like a few hours long. It was like all day um, about what what, was like professional sports and how they don't matter to me and they don't shouldn't matter to the world. And Trent was up in arms. (laughs) I was not. I I was unemotional. I just firmly disagreed with you. So that's scarier to me than anything in the world. People who um, can argue with um for some reason i keep dating fives mm. and Ew. fives just state facts to you like well it, and, and it might not even be a, like an actual fact but they can just hold their calm and i'm like i'm a little more like that i, yeah, I, don't, know I, guys, I don't i can kind of talk about anything without um like i'm worried i'm hurting your feelings how's everyone yeah. doing in this conversation do you feel included how can i make you feel better i and should so- be a lot more like you but i'm not no i'm just trying to yeah. win i'm trying to make let you know that i'm smarter than you you know that's where the arrogant eight comes out 
Yeah. I know more than you. That That's hat is silly. not hiding anything, my kid. That's funny. <laughs> So I want to hear about, now that you've asked about me, I want to hear about, so you guys met in art school or in grad or undergrad. Um, mm-hmm. So you both went to APU, which is a Christian school, uh, but doesn't necessarily, you don't have to be a Christian to go there. I don't know how that would work, by the way, like an inquisition. How would they know? Um, but when you were there and sort of did your passion for this sort of like social engagement? Because from the description of some of your work, it's a lot of social engagement. So did that come from there or was that something you always knew you wanted to do with your art? Um, I think, I don't want to say it did or didn't come from there because I guess I'm, I'm like a product of all my environments. So I'm sure, you know, things built into that. Um, I don't necessarily think it was that I was super focused on, focused on it while I was in school. Um, I definitely think it has a lot to do with, you know, just how I was raised. Um, I'm a PK. So I think, but I also like have, I'm a PK. You think but, you're a PK or I'm just kidding. No, no, <laughs> like, I, was definitely I think a they're PK. my parents. <laughs> I was definitely a PK, but I think with uh, being a PK, you know, you go one of two different directions. Right. Um, and I think, Pastor's kid for the lay people. Yeah, not everyone yep. who listens to our Pastor's podcast is, is a person of faith. Um, and so I think I had a little bit of that, like, wanted to think my own way kind of thing, which is like maybe why I enjoy like talking to Josie because she's very, like she she will think about things a different way just for the sake of thinking about them in a different way. She um, is the devil's advocate. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she doesn't try to be the devil's advocate. She just like her whole existence is, is the devil's, devil's advocate. advocate. I'm like um, so attacked during this episode. I'm no, not digging no. it. You love this. No, it's nothing. It's good. I just said I enjoyed it. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, I think my parents were very much always thought that way. Um, and everything they do, they're they're great and have you know been a part of some cool projects. So I think I just kind of always was thinking about that. And then I think for me, it was more of um, in school, in art school, I was more focused on how can I do this and actually make a living for myself where Mm. they don't teach that. But I was um, always just a lot, I gravitated more towards like the business side of things and arts, as much as I can, I can make it work. Art isn't the easiest way to, you know. What are you um, talking about? Yeah, exactly. but in that, I think I just kind of like set my priorities very early. Like, how am I going to do this? And my guidelines were just like, if it's, I'm, I'm going to start a project. If I can find something that's good for me, good for people, good for my career. And so I think that good for people um, part, I just very early on started like in those ideas that I was, okay, do I want to um, tackle this project? Do I want to start something like this? I think it's just like, I've focused a lot on that good for people part. Um, and then that comes out in some different community ways. Um, but I don't, yeah, I, so I, I guess I'm not really sure where it started starts. It's just kind of, it's that cycle. I won't do something unless it's like all three of those things. Um, yeah, I don't know if I answered the question. That totally did. Now, my question for you is what are some of the good for people things that you have created or been a part totally. of creating? Totally. So the first one, um, which I did, I like came up with the idea, um, actually my, I think senior year of college and I didn't start until the next year was the field project, which I approached um, Ariel about doing with me, which is essentially, uh, it's a book, it, like the culmination of it is a book, but the idea 
is if you've ever been to um, any sort of formal therapy as a child, they'll have like the smiley face charts, like, you know, how do you feel? Oh, they um, did that to kid. me in college. I remember being right. like, this one? Yeah, I think, <laughs> whatever. Um, so with children, um, you know, it teaches them to be like, oh, I'm angry, I'm, I'm sad, I'm whatever. And then as you're an adult, you know, like your emotional literacy needs to expand, right? So I might ask you now how you feel. You're going to give me, I'm, I'm mad, I'm whatever. But people still aren't going to be saying like, I'm pensive. I'm, I get, there's like <laughs> subcategories to all these things that we're, we're supposed to know. Um, so essentially, I, there's therapists with adults will use this thing called the Plutchik's, the Plutchik's wheel, Plutchik's chart, which is this whole like color-coded spectrum of emotions with like all the, like tons of different words on there. Um, so, but there's no, um, I guess adult visual to the Plutchik's wheel, like there is for the smiley face charts for kids. So feel, I essentially took each word on that chart on the like medically accepted chart and then created a piece of artwork based on like talk conversations with therapists and things that sort of depicted that specific word and then had Ariel do a poem for each word. So the idea is that, you know, someone's supposed to be able to open the book and be like, Oh, I feel like this. Um, so yeah, that's what feel. And then after I finished that, I sort of like have a way of like starting a project, finishing it um, to the point where I could just like keep it going. And then I end up, my attention just goes elsewhere, which is why like I need people like Josie around that I could be like, Hey, can you, can you do this thing? Cause I'm like all inspired with this next project right now, but I need to. Um, the world needs Josie's. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm like, you know, we're doing some republishing stuff with the book, which is just not where my attention has been, but I was able, you know, I reached out to Josie to do some formatting for me, stuff like that. Um, the second project that I sort of dove into um, was called Pictures for People. So what happened with that is I moved up to, um, I'm in Livermore, well, in, in the San Francisco area, and I have a studio that's in, in this town called Livermore, which is like sort of a suburb of San Francisco. And Outside of my studio, there's this um, lady who would sleep on the sidewalk. Her name was Cindy. And I would just, you know, walk into my studio and I would see Cindy and wave to her. And I maybe like bought her lunch one time or something and talk to her. She's, she, you know, you can hold a conversation with her, but there's definitely some, some mental health stuff going on with her. And um, so at some point I was just painting um, and decided I was going to paint Cindy, just kind of one of those. I don't know why. Honestly, I just felt like doing it. Um, and An inspiration. It. Yeah, I was like, I'm just going to paint Cindy, and I'll take it out to her, and you know, it'll make her feel make her feel good. So I posted it um, on Instagram and just like invited people to, uh, you know, I I talked to Cindy today. She said she needs a sleeping bag. You know, and people somebody sent me a sleeping bag, and. Oh, blah. I'm going to, I'm going to work on this um, painting for 10 minutes at the end of every day. And then we'll see what happens. So I, I just started working on this painting and then the feedback I was getting was just phenomenal. People were all excited about this project. And then, um, the guy who I'm pretty close with now, um, who actually runs the, I, the co-working space that my studio is in, um, had some connections with the city um, and I was sort of new to this area. So he's like, why don't you keep doing this? And I'm like, maybe we do a show and I can, co I can like, you know, help get some people there. 
So the, at this point, I'm all excited. So I did it six times over. So I found, like built relationships with six other people on the street, um, painted them portraits, um, took the portraits out to show them. Um, you know, had had video of the of their reactions, which was like really special. And then um, hosted a, an auction where we had kind of like the who's who of the area come to this auction and um, buy the pieces. And then the funds from the artwork went to a different nonprofit um, that the person, the subject themselves, uh, I say portrait subject. Like I, I don't want to refer to people as subjects, but like for the sake of this. Um, I'm pretty sure that's like normal to say you know, okay. the subject of the people. Yeah, think, the subject yes. of the painting. Um, yes. The model, had, you know, that that's better. The model um, had sort of picked and been like, you know, I get the most interaction from this nonprofit. So like oh, the funds so would go special. there. Um, so I had to build relationships with six different, like with the six different nonprofits for the six different people, um, which then led to more people coming to the, to the event. Um, so yeah, we did this big event and um, it was sort of like black tie type thing and um, sold all the paintings and raised a bunch of money. Were the subjects cool. there? <laughs> were the models there? Sev- several of them were. I oh, think that's special. Three of them were. Um, four. Four of them were. Um, but yeah, all of them were very much that. That was a navigation process. That was a lot to navigate, just trying to figure out how to do the whole thing respectfully. Um, yeah, to make space in a way that honored who they were and don't uh, make them into some sort space. of. That's there you go. Says, yes, uh, I had to make space. Without making them be a token or a, mm-hmm. um, we don't realize we put people below sometimes when we're serving, when it's about, I'm serving at you. I say it's serving at people instead of with people. Totally. <laughs> I'm, not, totally. I'm serving at you. And uh, as an artist, you're not trying to um, kind of take away from who they are or decide who they are. Sometimes when we're creating yeah. things, it can create something that people aren't. We have a mural at our church that features a man who used to experience homelessness um, and now is on the homelessness committee for the entire city. He's called Santa Bob. Who um, who did the mural? Oh my gosh. He's amazing. And his name is leaving my head right is now. Is it Brian? It is Brian. Brian Peterson? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's great. So he's so great. I met Brian. Well, because essentially he does a project that's very similar to what I'm mm-hmm. doing. You yes. guys should interview Brian. Um, we will. Yeah, he's great. He's so great. And I know him really well. I don't know why my brain all of a sudden I was like, uh. I won't tell him. Hopefully he doesn't <laughs> listen to this. Um, Faces of Santa Anna is his name. Faces I'm just kidding. Anna. By me, that's his yeah. art. <laughs> but. Yep. Um, he, this is funny. He, um, I don't, I don't, I think when I started doing the pictures for people, someone just like tagged me in one of his posts, like, hey, this guy's doing something similar. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, I just, you know, liked a bunch of his images and then he, you know, commented and then we had some conversations just to see, you know, how we could potentially help each other out. Um, you know, pick some ideas, make sure. For me, it was a big learning experience at the beginning. Um, just in that I got so much positive feedback. So I'm like, this is a great project. And then some of those, those things that we talked about, just like making sure I'm, you know, doing the whole thing, um, representing the people with dignity, uh, I, 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 was, I talked to one of the nonprofits and I remember very, like a very cold response from the lady who ran the nonprofit, which I was just very arrogantly unprepared for. 
um, where she was like, I don't think this is a good idea. I think you're doing that, blah, blah, blah. And I, I was, I was definitely coming from it, coming to it from a good place, but she just very much was just didn't receive it well at all. So it sort of made me go back to the drawing board and be like, okay, like I need to actually prioritize the, the way this looks to people. Um, and so I think that was cool because I was actually able to talk to Brian and be like, okay, like how did you navigate this? And he just gave me some cool ideas. And it just really came back to like, make sure that it all starts with my personal relationship with the person that I'm painting. And, you know, and it, it has to start with that. Um, and at that point, you know, you just have to be honest about how the process is going. And at that point it's authentic and whatever. But Brian was super helpful in that. And then we, I got invited to some paint is a painting battle, uh, hosted a by paint a, off? Yes. a paint off. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, uh, it's like I would 10 pay artists. money to see this. Uh huh. Well, people did. Um, it was like 10 artists. It was hosted by Lululemon and, they, oh, I love Lulu. Theme. Josie hates it. This is like your Josie trigger and this is good. Okay, I understand that Lulu is cool and like sustainable or whatever, but it's comfortable. I run Orange in County it moms just ruin them. a lot of things for me. All right. Lululemon's for the basic ass bitches who want to pay a hundred dollars for a pair of leggings and oh, I just so know that they're not Josie. worth a hundred dollars. She's like, you can find it for less. Yes, you can't. <laughs> I I don't know. I, no, more power we'll go, to whoever go, wants it. We're going to go on the Lulu tangent here because I'm not – at first, I was very much the same way. And my brother, um, who's by all means way more bougie than I, um, started you know wearing Lulu because his girlfriend um, turned him on to Lulu. And I was very much coming from – I was like, dude, that's ridiculous. I'm never paying that much for clothes. And, to, and I, I don't think I've ever paid that much for clothes except for at that place because um, I had someone buy me a shirt from Lulu and I still, and that was four years ago and it's still great. Like, I, I, I think it might be worth the money. That's all I'm saying. It, Listen, I have a lot of clothes from a lot of different places that I've had for 10 plus years. So, okay, whatever. let's get off I don't of the though. Lululemon I don't. tangent. <laughs> oh, she's what you were doing. Because we're arguing. <laughs> That's what she said. That's funny. Please stop arguing, guys. Okay, Josie, cut it out. Okay. Sorry. Okay, Josie, kidding. cut it out. Sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry, Sarah. Um, <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? Pictures for people. You were right. explaining why Lulu, you. Lululemon yes. battle, okay? Paint battle. Anyway, I got invited to this thing. It's just what it sounded like. We got like an hour to paint based on a theme and then people voted for their favorite oh. and you know, whoever won got a bunch of money. Um, but I went and I hadn't actually met Brian, but he got invited also. Um, so we hung out at this Lulu paint battle for a day. So that's my only other. Did either of you win? Neither of us won. And what? I think I want to, it, it was, it was, it wasn't rigged. It was just that it was a popularity contest, right? So, like, the person who won won because she, you know, she invited the most people. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. That, not that, that her painting was bad. She's, it was great. She's not going to listen to this. I don't know why I'm why – What are you uh, talking about? This is, like, really well listened to by artists I don't across think, the nation. We're really I'm sure popular. it is. It's just not – I don't know that she's going to be in the same network. Um, anyway, it was, it was a cool event. I got to meet Brian. That's where I was going with that. Um, I am actually super 
uh, interested in the fact that we, no matter what branch of whatever we're talking to, whether it's people who design homes or people who um, run centers for LGBTQIA kids, there is this moment I think everyone comes to where they go, who am I doing this work for? Mm-hmm. Instead of who am I doing this work at? Um, making space, churches that, so a lot of times, a lot of this stuff came from my own encountering people who are like, well, I don't understand why these people aren't coming to our church. And it's this conversation of, yeah, because you're doing church at them. Right. Um, and I think even artwork and we come from like, oh, I'm just trying to create the thing that I know how to create and I'm creating it in the way that I know how to create. And we, we kind of miss out on these beautiful moments of, I feel like encountering another person. I always say like making space for us other people make space for ourselves, right? So you're meeting six individuals, six separate stories. Cause I think sometimes we glob people into this is homelessness. This is what causes mm-hmm. it. This is what it looks like. And then you have these six stories and six people who want you to give to six different organizations. And the stories are all completely different and right. meeting the people. Some are so much higher functioning who are at the event who no one would even know. No one's putting together that. Oh, this lady I just talked to is the, you know, she's the lady on the wall kind of thing. And, and that's so key, to, right? Yeah, exactly. It's the humanization and the like relation and the connection. And we all, you know, there's, there's always so much more to the story um, mm-hmm. and how we get there. Um, right. so I, I mean, I love that. Oh, sorry. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said about um, what you do, Trent, because as you know, there's a lot of artists out there who just don't give a shit about other people in any way. Um, and because I know you so well, I can say, that you're not so concerned with like the image that people have of you. You're concerned with the project, um, which in the art world, most artists are concerned with how they are viewed, right? And that's where what you're talking about, Sarah, is coming into play. If they're more concerned with like, oh, does this project make me look like a good person? Do I look benevolent? Do I look like I'm being this great human being? Or are you doing the actual work of making art for a change? Mm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's driven by inspiration too. I love that you were saying like, and then I like have this thing and it's not, you're, you don't feel sort of beholden to this is like one way that I do this. It's sort of a, a lens by which you look through the world, right? So artists have a lens, but we also as people have a lens that we look through the world. So if you're looking for like, what's the next thing I can participate and you're not like we're walking away and no longer doing that. Um, you just have got, okay, now what I, I call it an invitation. That's the pastor in me. What is the invitation that I mean? What am I being invited into next? Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. from from this, what's your what? What are you currently other than having a gallery in a bar, which I think is the best thing ever? Um, what am I currently doing? So, uh, so I currently am just finishing up, I guess, the third thing, um, which was I coordinated, produced a mural festival in this same town which I think this sort of can play into the making spaces a little um, more literally. So essentially what I did is, um, yeah, recorded a mural festival, which is exactly what it sounds like. We just did a bunch of murals, brought a bunch of different artists um, into this town and painted the exteriors of businesses and buildings um, and just beautified the city, Um, created a more welcoming space for everybody who walks through the town I think uh so yeah I, I just am kind of finishing that up <clears throat> it was supposed to happen earlier but with 2020 things got shot in the foot and then we ended up still doing it in June and July 
Um, and then I'm just kind of now finishing like paperwork that came mm -hmm. with that. Um, but yeah, that was cool. I was able to, we did nine, nine different walls. Um, they were all pretty big, big walls. Um, so it was probably six months of fundraising for that. And then coordinating with the city and then building owners and then the artists and then coordinating the lifts and paint and, um, permits and yada, yada, um, to be able to do all these, these walls. So that's the last thing I did was, um, this mural festival, which is definitely the biggest project. Um, yeah. And so at the moment I'm sort of building that, building that again. Um, but next year I'm hoping it's more of like an arts and culture festival as opposed to just murals. So I want to have the, some, the mural element, but then also, you know, have some, some other things. And one of the main things is we have, there's this, vacant space right in the downtown of of livermore that has just been sitting there for years it's just like pinned in between these two buildings and um for a whole bunch of boring reasons they haven't been able to develop it so it's just been sitting there as this gravel lot um so we're quite literally just going to take that dead space and activate it um so we're doing like doing murals on both sides and the goal is to be able to do sort of like a shipping container concept and have some food and some sort of beverage option and then a little sculpture garden and a fountain and an ivy wall. Oh, you know, just a little whatever. sculpture garden. Just yeah. a little, no big deal. Well, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to say it like that, but, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, but that's, I think that's the most obvious like space I'm trying to make is activating this, this, uh, this empty lot um and, and try to do that with within the you know the festival type programming um for next year that's incredible it's bringing art to people that i think uh murals to me are so inspiring because sort of bringing the common person art so if you're mm -hmm. not able to make it to the getty or you know you're not able to um or, or maybe like you didn't even know that art was important to you at all it it's uh yeah. it, it really is a common way to look at art. I often talk about the idea of churches used to be the places that the common person would experience art, right? Because people couldn't read. And so stories yeah. were in stained glass. And so the common person, the person who couldn't have like the castle of Versailles or whatever it might be, was getting to see that kind of level of workmanship. The only place they were seeing it was within a church. And then you take it and you make it even more common. So it's the outside now, not the inside. And people are experiencing these like profound images, um, or even if they're not that profound, but they're just beautifying the space and sort of giving it this new life. Like, I love that you're saying we're activating the space. That's, I mean, an incredible way to think about it, right? So it's like, mm -hmm. here is something that once was kind of something you just drive by, right? Not even maybe yeah. think about it, unless you're like the three of us who are like, what could you do with that? Which is yeah, like- Yeah, it's like, I don't not think about it. I get excited when I see oh, dead. I, I but, run my neighborhood thinking about what I would do to every house in my neighborhood, like yeah. every single house. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't do that, but I would do, that, you know. Uh, yeah, and I think 100%. that's the neat thing about people who have the vision for it, but then welcoming people into it. Like, I don't care if it doesn't affect other people. I think Josie's mm -hmm. was taking on a little bit. Some artists, you know, do art for art's sake. I had a sign in my, uh, when I was, a, I was a resident advisor when I was in grad school and I had a bunch of artists on my floor and I had a sign that said, just because no one understands you doesn't make you an artist. 
And I think there is. <laughs> I love that. Because <laughs> there is yes. this sense of like, I'm doing it for my inner. And I find these people are like usually pretty troubled um, because it's like this inner muse and it, it haunts me. But the people who can say, what is my work trying to do in the world? Which is why I love you that you have these three things that like me, my people, like the people and then the project. Like, right. It's like mm -hmm. how there's a, a way of thinking through it. It's not just about you. Yeah. To build off what you're saying, I, I just think art has very much, and I think this is maybe, you might be touching on something. Um, Literally, that's the name of my memoir. She might be touching on something. Keep going. You might be touching on something. <laughs> um, that's funny. Uh, Josie, were you in my, did we, did we write thesis papers in the same class? Were you in that class with? Uh, we, I think so. The, cl the class that everybody hated, but that I loved. The I conversation-based class. I'm pretty sure we were in the in the same class. Catherine Wagley is that what? Yes. Yep. Oh, yep. Catherine, I love Catherine. Yeah, she was great, and we just talked about all this art stuff, just pretentious stuff in the least pretentious way. Um, we were just talking about all of that, and I think a lot of it. She was kind of just touching on um, art historically, especially at the upper echelon of it. If you want, has sort of always been you know, like created by extremely poor people for extremely rich people, um, which I was just kind of reading. And like, I'm trying to learn, like actively learn like this, this business system of like the art world. Um, and I just kind of didn't like it. Um, and so I think a lot of it is like, how do I still, I guess, elevate um, the level of art without being like boxed into that Thing. It's only for the upper, it's for what right. are the Patreons. Patrons. Yeah, patrons. Patrons. Patreon is podcasting. Patrons are people who buy art. Well, P Patreon is like a, is, is a platform. It's yeah. a platform that allows yeah. people to be your patrons. Right. Micro patrons, I guess. Um, right. I mean, Trent, yeah, I love the way you do art because, I mean, we've talked about this a lot in that senior thesis class was this idea that art was for rich people and uh -huh. the art world is not open to access for all, which is unfair. And then also that poor well, people, yeah. art, artists have to be poor people on, mm -hmm. the, on the flip side. Sorry to cut you off. No, that's okay. Yeah. And yeah. you make art in a way that is accessible to all, which not a lot of people are doing. I mean, not a lot of people take the time to think through Who's going to see this? What are they going to think when they see this? And how can I make it open to anybody that's willing to see it? Because, I mean, sure, the Getty is free in Los Angeles, but not everybody's comfortable going to the Getty and interacting right. with the Getty because it's so bougie. I mean, even mm. I don't feel I love very the Getty. comfortable. <laughs> that tells you something about me. The Getty me. is really cool. I mean, it is, but or like the Broad. I refuse to step foot in the Broad because – what's his face mr bro took advantage of poor communities and continues to take advantage of poor charter schools um so i mean the art world is just this space where it's not very nice to most people but you're mm -hmm. making it you're making it nice accessible Thanks. i love that right. word accessible yeah, but also good. nice also like kind to people that aren't because you have accessibility in los angeles you can go to these places but they're not nice <laughs> totally I agree. Yeah, I'm doing, um, I, I was playing around with podcast ideas at one point. I, I don't have time to do one, but I was brainstorming about it anyway. Um, and what we wanted to do was where I'm living now um, is sort of like a wine country. 
I think the reason I, so I picked Livermore, I keep talking about it. Um, it sort of has a little bit of everything. It's sort of like a Napa-ish wine country, but then it's also got this weird cowboy culture. And then it's also um, a lot of people who just middle-class people who just can't afford to live in San Francisco, but live in Livermore and then commute in. It just has this weird mix of different types of people. Uh, it's originally like a Native American land. So there's got a lot of those, it's just, there's a lot of different things going on. Um, but one of the things, the podcast ideas was we wanted to do like, wine and fast food like wine and fast food pairing just like how so do we basically take, how i live my life keep going right like how do we <laughs> how do we take this like bougie uninclusive culture and just like bring it to people right in a way it's like digestible um so i actually have an art show coming up on the 30th and we're doing like donuts and wine pairing um i love which I'm it i'm super excited about um, but yeah, I think it's, it's just kind of all playing about on, I think I do some of this subconsciously without really thinking about it, but just trying to like find new ways to take these things that have been very often held for this sort of class of people, um, and kind of just trying to make them accessible, I guess. Well, that's why we think of you as a space maker. Cause you're someone who is able to be in a be in a space that not everyone can be in and you're sort of opening the door for other people saying hey like here's here's this art for you to be impacted by but and also for the people who are in that bougie environment here's some folks that you may not you're making space for them to encounter people Mm -hmm. and work that they may not themselves get to encounter and and both are changed right when you exist in the same space both are changed um i think sometimes areas outside of san francisco get a bad rap because oh that's a rough area to live in or that's a really bougie area and no one can afford it or it's so interesting how you know different people you know the joke is what california is one country with like a lot of different states in it right it's so different you know i drive up to oregon a lot and i drive through central california i'm like this is a different country this is not the same as orange county or la or any of it's a very different Basically the South. (laughs) In some ways, yes. Yeah, right. And so for people to kind of encounter each other, this is my whole thing about proximity. I think that's the only chance for us to maybe not fully get to an understanding of each other, but we've been taught so often to fear that which we don't understand. So, you know, um, it's interesting to me how many people are like, well, I don't know about art. Like arts, that's weird or whatever it might Mm -hmm. be. And then they encounter it and they're like, oh, actually, like this has been profound for me. Um, so it's really cool work that you're doing. And I think it's um, neat. And I also love that you are definitely like very chill personality about it. Like you're like, no, no, this is just the thing I'm doing. Um, and I, yeah, I hear all of it has this idea of accessibility for, you know, and she won't say this, but um, Josie talks very highly of you, but like, don't tell her I told you that. I'll say it. That's fine. He's cool. <laughs> I wouldn't be friends you, with him if it wasn't cool. You, See, you there too, we go. I talk, I talk very highly about you all the time too. Thanks. She thinks yeah. everyone talks very highly of her. Actually, that's not true. That's not true. I think everybody <laughs> hates me. You don't think that? That's no, she, fine. she likes to act like she thinks that, but then she's like, I'm pretty sure they hate me. Um, we are kind of rounding our time up, but we always like cool. to ask this one question, if you're cool with it. The final question we usually ask is, what is one way that someone can make space for other people? Uh, like one tangible way whether it be an art. And again, it, we make it as vague as possible because we want you to be able to sort of speak from what you think. Um, I think, and this can be totally off the art thing, um, 
just in general. Just oh, sorry. Never mind. Let me. <laughs> no, um, you can totally do it. <laughs> I think just in where we are at, um, I think our environment and a lot of it has to do with social media and whatever, just becoming very toxic, very hard for people to have tough conversations coming from two different sides of the aisle. And I'm probably privileged in that I'm able to do that. Like we were talking about earlier, like I just can have a logical conversation with that, but that's cause I'm, I haven't, I'm just like little middle-class white guy with like, a, like I just ha like, you know what I mean? I don't necessarily identify with too many triggers. Um, but yeah, I just think that anything, you know, people can do is just have a tough conversation with somebody who disagrees with you and, and just listen, um, whichever side of the aisle you're on, I guess that's it. And listening without, it sounds like you're saying listening without reaction. Sort of yeah. Listening. Or just without yeah, taking it personally, like people, whatever people's um, opinion is or view on something, they have a reason. It might be a bad reason for thinking the way they think. Right. But you know, you only either, you only change their mind by like hearing where it's coming from or you, you know, you only get your mind changed by hearing where it's coming from. So I just feel like it's important for us to all be pliable and, you know, listen to other people. I, I uh, recently read a thing that I think is really neat. They did a study of how do people's opinions change. They found that people's opinions don't change by having a conversation with someone who is trying to change your opinion. It's by having conversations with people who are having a conversation with you without the intent of changing your opinion. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they've done all these really cool studies where they um, find that people who are on opposing um, the Palestinian-Israeli conversations, all these incredibly, like, you oh, want to yeah. talk about get skin in the game, literally, uh, they find that people are able to come closer to each other's center when they both come to the conversation, not hoping to change the other. And I think we are taught often that the other person is literally another kind of thing other than a person. That's actually right. why I think art and proximity and all these things are so important is because I don't think we're going to be able to get past this until we start seeing the humanity um, and the similarity, even when it doesn't feel very similar. So thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We have a couple thank of things you for that we me. Yeah, oh my gosh, it was so great. I cannot wait to come up there. It's gonna be great. Livermore, here I come. Here I come. Cool. So thank you for joining us, friends. Uh we have a couple of things. Josie, where can people find us? You can find the Making Spaces Podcast on Instagram at Making Spaces Podcast. You can email us, making spaces podcast at gmail.com. One of us should probably you, check that. Yeah, keep going. I think that's right. Uh, you yeah. can find me at Josie Takes the World on Instagram. Um, I'd give you my Twitter, but I'm very offensive. So I guess I'll just give it to you anyways. At Josie Takes the No World, just because Twitter limits okay. things. Yeah. I don't follow you on Twitter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Oh, right it's now. spicy. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. Sarah is on Instagram at Rev Sarah Heath. Uh, you're also on Twitter. Yeah, occasionally. I, I think I tweet once a month. That's enough. Yeah, it's not nothing too scandalous. Sometimes I get people get angry at me just because I have ovaries and I'm a pastor. So sometimes there's that. But Trent, why don't you plug yourself for a yeah, hot Trent, where, second? Where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at TrentArt underscore because Trent Art was taken and um, yeah that's the best place to start so or it's I Trent underscore art 
Trent Art underscore. Trent Art underscore. And then I cut you off. What was the other one you said? Or my website, which is etrendart.com. Awesome. Yeah. Well, friends, please, if you listen to the podcast, which you can hear it on where well, you are listening to it, or you can watch it on YouTube, which I still, that blows my mind that people just oh, want to watch you talk. I didn't know that was a thing people could do. Yeah, so I think people yeah. do. Um, you can find us again uh, for our podcast for YouTube. You can find us youtube.com dash slash is that a dash or a, oh it's a slash. slash a dash is this a slash is this see um, that's why we have you around Joe's. Uh and please rate review comment even if you say something mean it helps uh, people find us so um, but I'll come after you so be careful but she'll come after you I won't I'll probably just hug you because I'll be worried about you um, and then like what why did they do that also, please leave us voicemails. Our, we are so excited to be able to have our listener voicemails. We've got a couple uh, coming out. There will be one at the start of this uh, where we just sort of share what's your favorite space and why is the question that we're asking right now. All right, friends, we will see you next week where we will be saving a space for you. <laughs> I like how creepy you are when you say that. Saving a space for you.